Welcome to The Pickup. I'm Will Lewis, and today's guest is Terry Daniel. Welcome, Terry. Uh, Great to be here. Thank you, Will. I appreciate you having me on. Well, thanks so much for being here. Now, let's jump right into it, Terry. Tell us, how did you get your start in in voice acting? Do we have to jump right into it? I love small talk. (laughs) <laughs> we do not. We do not. As a matter of fact, I understand that you uh, you got your start uh, maybe in radio. Is that right? I did. I was. Uh, I got my start in radio and theater almost simultaneously really back in, in the late 80s. And this was back when radio, you know, it was, it was a small little station that was owned by one particular individual. And, you know, uh-huh. those, uh, those days are pretty rare. Everything's been kind of gobbled up by... Uh, some of these huge corporations now. So, oh yeah. But back then, you know, and I know a lot of people in radio can relate to this. So when you were just working with a, with one program director, one owner, I mean, you had a little more creative liberty, so it was a lot more entertaining. But um, getting into the voiceover part of it, uh, one of the reasons I, I started getting into that because I got really bored with the corporate end of radio when the corporations started buying out all these little stations, you know, the creative edge was gone and then, you know, the fun kind of went away. So, you know, I was kind of, you know, I had entrepreneurial blood when I was born, you know, I was kind of born to kind of do this from home and, you know, from, from the, uh, the radio days, you know, that's where I kind of, kind of launched into this. Okay. Right. Right. So when the, when the corporate takeovers started moving in, you kind of lost maybe a little bit of your taste for radio. Yeah, I really did because I, I I was, you know, I'm a fairly creative person and you just, you couldn't be creative on the air anymore. You're basically a card reader. You know, you could read the forecast and the traffic report and they you know, they didn't let you say anything funny after a while and Mm -hmm. pretty much a robot behind the microphone. And I'm like, you know what, this just isn't, you know, radio is supposed to be fun. It just wasn't fun anymore after a while, but um, I've always wanted to kind of get into voice ever since my parents bought me a Mr. Microphone, uh, way, way back in the seventies. I think I was probably in second or third grade. I remember those. Oh yeah. 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 I think you can still get them like on some vintage site on eBay or something. And you- along with a big wheel and a, uh, arms, uh, land- what's his name? Uh, Oh, Stre- yeah, Stretch, Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, I, as a matter of fact, I heard Stretch Armstrong is looking to get into voiceover. Is he really? Wow. I'll be mentoring him next month. Okay, well, you know, you can't be a wrestler forever. <laughs> no, nope, you can't. And um, that's really how I got the bug, because I started kind of making up my own commercials and doing a lot of improv into the microphone when I, you know, if I could find an empty FM frequency that would work on my, my little uh, transistor radio. And then, you know, I'd put on fake concerts for my family. I mean, oh, uh-huh. I feel sorry that they had to put up with that. But, you know, ever uh-huh. since I, ever since I kind of held that microphone in my hand is when I is, is really, truly uh, the beginning of of the voiceover bug. Even back when I had no idea what the term voiceover even meant. I mean, people would I started doing a couple commercials locally and, and I didn't even know that what that what I was doing was even called a voiceover back then. Somebody would like tell me what it was called and I'd have that uh crinkle on my nose, that look of confusion and I had no idea. To me it was just like, okay, I'm just reading commercials, but that's uh-huh. really it kind of that's really where it all kind of got started. Now going back to your Mr. Microphone days here for just a second. It sounds like you got your start performing in front of your family. You ever get any standing ovations? Uh, no, but they they threw a lot of water at me. 
<laughs> water. <laughs> oh no, they were very kind. Oh, believe me, I went way out of my way. I would, I would like, I would spend. It's, it's, it's fairly embarrassing. I would, I would spend hours putting together my concert posters that I would post all over the home for when Terry Daniel was going to perform. And, uh, you know, even though, they, and it was a pretty big house, you know, it was a, I had, I have a brother and, and four sisters and um, I just needed to let everybody know, you know, on 55 different pieces of paper, what time that concert was going to begin. <laughs> I bet it was standing room only. Oh yeah. Standing room only. I mean, you couldn't even, you couldn't even, you couldn't even go to the refrigerator without seeing a, a concert poster <laughs> for Terry Daniel and his Mr. Microphone. Okay, real quickly, uh, Terry, tell us a little about your theater experience. Theater experience was a great experience, and I miss it like crazy. I just don't have the time to put into it these days, unfortunately. I think there, there will come a day where I will get back on the stage at some point, but mm-hmm. um, I did a lot of community theater, kind of small uh, city, Minneapolis-type theater, uh, uh-huh. and uh, even co-wrote a play uh, with another writer and produced and and worked with about 12 different actors on a play for a couple of months. But, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a, it was a short lived career in the theater, but I, you know, unless you're, unless you're counting, you know, junior high and high school, but, uh, it was really like a, a three or four year span where I would do some plays in and around town. And I honestly, I loved it. Uh, people tell me I was good at it. Although I, I had a little bit of a complex for a while because I wasn't back then. I wasn't super confident or comfortable on stage, but uh, it was definitely an adrenaline rush, mm-hmm. and I miss it. I really miss it. I I hope to go back to the stage one day. But you know what? It was all very good training for my voiceover career as well, because I got a chance to play a few different characters and and uh, listen to a few different directors give me direction on delivery, and you know, it was it was mm-hmm. a perfect background to have for doing this. Now you were doing. Uh, radio and theater around the same time, which did you like better? I definitely like theater a lot better because you had the creative element and you were able to kind of stretch out and use the creative side of your brain. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I mean, that just, you know, it just wasn't happening after a while. As soon as the, uh, I don't need to mention any names, but as soon as these huge, huge companies started buying up some of these smaller creative stations the fun really went away so it definitely would be theater by a long shot okay now you just you just celebrated a huge milestone you have been a full-time voice actor for 10 years now um what, what tell us about some of the work the type of work that you do uh i know you do commercials what what other sort of projects do you work on well it's it's amazing because it's all over the place because I mean, back then, way back in the day, it, it felt like it was either commercials, documentary, or movie trailers. Really, you know, now it's like you got all these educational products online and online education where they require e-learning narration, and that really is one of my niches. My uh, I do commercials, e-learning narration, and then theme park announcements. You know, long gone are the days where somebody is actually at the theme park recording live you know that just doesn't happen anymore now we're sending mp3s to whoever the uh the the marketing people or the or the creative people that are in charge of that right um so i do a lot of that you know i'll just give you a little example here if you're like on a roller coaster and you kind of hear that voice 
in the in the PA system as the you know the roller coasters coming around the bend and it's starting to slow down and you kind of hear that please keep your hands and feet inside the car until the car comes to a complete stop. Oh, I thought you were going to say the one that says you are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Disney, that's, uh, I can't remember who that is, but yeah, that would be a fun one too. But yeah, I, I've done okay. a, I've done a lot of humorous ones as a joke. This guy, I've got such a good relationship with my client that I'll actually send him some fake ones <laughs> oh, really? and I'll say, Hey, okay. you should throw that in. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, he gets a kick out of that, but yeah, you know, rules and regulations of the theme park, you know, when is the laser light show starting, you know, don't smoke in the cave, you know, mm-hmm. no alcohol right. allowed on the roller coaster or whatever it is. You know, right. chances yeah. are my voice has been a part of that. How many audiobooks have you narrated? Uh, I've narrated about six or seven audiobooks. I was into it for a while mm-hmm. and then I got spoiled. I got spoiled because I started doing the shorter projects like theme park announcements. Uh And some radio imaging where they would send me, you know, a sheet of liners to record and which was really more suitable for somebody with intense ADD, such as myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most voice talents have ADD. I'm the only one humble enough to admit it. (laughs) No, that's not true. I've heard a few say that. Why, Why do you think that is? That's probably not true. You know what? It's actually a problem amongst creative individuals as well. If you talk to photographers, musicians, voice right. actors, regular actors, it, it, it's a common, you know, the, the ADD issue is actually a quite the common problem with, uh, with, with all of us creative people. And with the audiobook stuff, it, it became a little more of an issue with me because they were very lengthy, pro- as you know, I mean, they're oh, yeah. very lengthy projects. And if you're producing them and you're doing all the editing, I mean, that's even more work. Yeah. And I, I just started to get a little overwhelmed with, with, you know, 260 pages of content about search engine optimization <laughs> or, you know, yeah. uh, it was fun. You know, I did a, I did an audio book about, uh, about the Minnesota twins, which was great fun because it was sports related and I was really engaged in the content. So that, <clears throat> pardon me, that one went by really well, went pretty fast and mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, but I've, I don't do as many of them now because I've been keeping myself busy with these other projects. And frankly, <laughs> these other projects are much shorter. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can do a couple of hours, maybe less. You can do, a, you know, a commercial project, get your money and be on your way. Whereas an audiobook could take weeks, months to, to, to complete a project. Yeah, and it's it's so much, I mean, especially if you're doing all the different characters, if it's a fictional book and you have to do all the different characters. And let's say if there's like, 18 different characters in the book and you have to try to remember uh you know what kind of voice you're using for a certain uh character and you know there's ways in your recording software obviously that can you can hit a button and and get a quick reminder but man that was that could be a bit challenging as well i you know there's Mm -hmm. friends of mine that are doing uh audiobooks for a living and they're doing nothing but audiobooks god bless them uh i just i can't go down that road because my, my brain just won't go there anymore well, you know, this is something that Jeffrey Kafer and I sort of uh, touched on when I spoke with him a few months ago, and that is that voice actors I've known who've been narrating audiobooks for years now want to do commercial work, and the commercial voiceover artists now want to, you know, some of the ones I've talked to want to do more uh, narrating audiobooks. So it's uh, 
it, it's kind of like you know you, you do one thing long enough you need to sw- you need to switch it up maybe you need a little bit of a change yeah but the, the nice thing about this industry is every week you're kind of switching it up because it's very rare that you're ever working on a, a you know the same project for two weeks in a row unless you are working on an audiobook or maybe some type of lengthy medical e-learning project i mean that's the beauty of being able to do voiceovers from the comfort of your own home is, you know, maybe one week you might be doing commercials, maybe theme park announcements. The following week you might be doing on hold messages or maybe like a podcast intro or outro. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the variety is, I mean, it's, it's, you can't even put a price tag on it. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps the, the creative side uh, happy. Yep. It really does. Yeah. And, and creative people with heavy ADD like myself, we, we need the variety every week. Believe me. <laughs> now, Terry, you also do some coaching and we're going to come back to that. We're going to put a pin in that and we're going to come back to that because I want to talk a little bit about your coaching. Uh, but tell us, okay, if you, uh, some of our list, uh, you know, imagine that the majority of our listeners out there, 51%, let's say, just for the sake of argument, have, uh, picked up their microphone in the past four weeks they're they they are fresh they are new voice artists and they are trying to determine if this is for them and if they can make a living doing this what 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 could you say to them well first of all i would tell them not to listen to half of the stuff that they read on the internet about it (laughs) because there there's a lot of mythical information there's articles on blog sites and directories where uh a lot of these like how to get into voiceovers a lot of these blog articles are written by people who aren't even doing voiceovers they're really they're really writing content for seo purposes and it's really it's easy to get kind of uh, you know put on a just put on a, a different path you know, put on the, the, the dark side of, of getting into voiceovers. And, mm-hmm. um, but you know, if, if somebody who's listening to this podcast or people that have just recently picked up the mic, you know, I don't want anybody to be discouraged by words like competitive or mythical information. Like you absolutely have to be union or you absolutely have to have a talent agent to get booked for voiceover work. I mean, if, if either of those were true, I would be, I would be living on the street because most of the work that I do is with marketers, advertising agencies, producers, and with the business owner themselves. Um, that said, you know, this is not voiceover industry is not a quick fix for the unemployed. I get a ton of emails and phone calls from people who are out of work. You know, hey, I, I can be a voice actor now and I can make money really fast. I mean, if that's the frame of mind that you're going to be in, uh, that's that, that's the recipe for disaster. Uh, this is, there's no magic pill. There's no shortcuts for success in this industry. You know, it takes money. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of, uh, networking and marketing of your demos. I mean, it's, it's not hard physical labor. That's the good news. It's, it's actually, I, you know, being in the industry this many years now, I actually really enjoy the marketing end of it. I like picking up the phone and calling somebody. I like sending buddy, send, sending somebody an email and asking them if it's okay to send a demo. Um, but the people that really get after it and they you know they get some good coaching and they get a couple of kick-ass demos produced that sound talent agency ready, and they're sending you know a multitude of these demos off on a weekly basis. Then eventually it does kind of become a numbers game. There's still no guarantee for success, but you know, it's a numbers game and your chances are going to go up that you're going to get audition and job opportunities if you just keep at it. 
So don't give up and, and, and don't believe the hype. Don't believe all the negative and, and misleading info out there about voice. voice well, the and there, industry. yeah, there's always naysayers because whether you're a photographer, a musician, it's a creative business. And even though your creative friends want you to succeed, you know, sometimes they're not always going to be there to help out because, you know, you're going to be a competitor. But that said, the voiceover industry is also a warm and fairly tight community. I mean, people do kind of, you know, reach out and, and they're always willing to to help a person out. But um, it's an unbelievable time for voiceover right now because most of us work from our home studios. You know, it's very rare that you have to go to an offsite studio now to record a commercial, you know, especially we have, you know, technology like ISDN and Source Connect and all these different tools where we can work with any studio in the country or any client in the country as well as in the world. You know, most of the time I record, I send an MP3 to the client. You know, I don't do a lot of ISDN work, but uh, I do have a, a plethora of clients uh, in Europe even that I'm that are using me for narration work. So. Uh, people getting into this too, you got to be, you got to immediately get yourself into the frame of mind that you're a global voice talent. Um, don't worry about the area that you live in because you have the technology and the resources now to work for anybody in the entire world. That is awe inspiring, literally. I mean, just, just thinking about what you just said, the fact that you can be employed by any employer in any country in any time zone, that, that, that's, that's pretty massive. That's a lot of potential. Well, it is a lot of potential. And, you know, some people get a little stuck because, you know, the fear factor sets in. And that's, you know, that's very understandable. I mean, you just you really have to just kick that fear to the curb and, and just, you know, hit the gas. Because, I mean, it's no matter what creative industry that you're going into, you know, it, it's easy to sit on this kind of stuff for years. And then you end up not ever following your dream. You know, it's sometimes you just got to to go for it. And even when I took the plunge into voiceover full time 10 years ago, I mean, I didn't have a lot of capital. You know, I was still, by then I was kind of doing sales, you know, in radio. I kind of went from on air to the sales side for a while and had, had some decent success. But again, you know, the whole corporate thing just kind of, it just, it, you know, it's such a roadblock for me. I just didn't, it kept like, oh, it kept slowing me down and, and really getting in the way of, of wanting to pursue voice acting from home. So I just took the plunge and uh, I knew if I was going to make it work, I had to, you know, spend at least three to four hours a day on doing nothing but marketing. And, you know, thank God it worked out. And I really haven't looked back since. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay. Well, let's wind up here. Let's let's wind up our I'm, I'm sort of making this circular motion with my arm as in getting wound up for this next big portion of our podcast. And that is the ah, free association game. <laughs> so let's get wound up here for this free association game we have for you, Terry. Are you ready? I have no idea what this is, but I'm, I'm always no up for a challenge. Idea. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw a word or phrase at you and you just, whatever comes to mind, you just go ahead and spit it out to us and re react. It could be one word, a couple of words, a sentence. Oh, I, love, I love this stuff. Yeah. So turn on that creative side there. Okay, here we go. I always enjoy recording. Ah. Of course, I had to pick something voiceover related. <laughs> Very good. I had to keep it clean, you know. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, of course. Of course. This is a family show. Yes, family. <laughs> rated PG. Or, or can you get away with a PG-13 rating on this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll keep it clean moving forward. Okay. I can't stand it when... People are misinformed. Oh, okay. One of my favorite movies of all time is... Raiders of the Lost Ark. The first one, of course. Yeah, yes, the first one. What'd you think of the of the second and third? Uh, and the fourth. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I could talk Indiana Jones for the next seven hours and probably bore your your listeners, but uh, <laughs> I thought uh, I thought Temple of Doom had the darkness and the suspense of the first uh-huh. one, but it lacked a lot of uh, character development, and the story was less than interesting to me. And I thought the third one was adventurous, but it had a little too much comedy in it. And uh-huh. but they got away from the the suspense. So the the first three, and let's face it, I mean, I, I think Steven Spielberg would even admit this. Let's just pretend like we didn't even do Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, that one was uh, the obvious money grab. Yeah, but, uh, it was like it was almost like at that point they're almost. It, it felt like they were doing a spoof. <laughs> of an Indiana Jones movie. It was like, it was really hard to even take it serious. It was like, yeah, really? I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Do, do you know if they have plans to make a fifth? Well, there's always talk about a fifth and Harrison Ford, of course, at the, you know, I don't even know how old he is, but he's always up for it. He, he, and yeah. he talks, he still talks about it if they had the right script, but you know, he's not getting any younger, yeah. but you know, I, I, you know, I would give the entire crew probably one more chance if they really wanted to put something together but i don't really see that coming to fruition yeah yeah but it was good while it lasted yes yes and that 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 first one is probably my favorite movie that probably be in my top 10 favorite films of all time oh okay i'd rather prepare a tax return than have to drive anywhere (laughs) oh really being, so, being institutionalized in your own studio for this many number of years now, drive it, it. It seems like it's hard to even drive to the grocery store without getting a little stressed out. At you know, with a little bit of traffic, um, just not that much of a fan of it. And uh, you know, when we even when my wife and I go out for dinner, um, we like to take Uber rides. Yeah, I was about to ask about you know that. because I mean let's face it we do like to have a couple of cocktails or a few glasses of wine at dinner and these days you really can't you know have more than two without being over the legal limit and Uber uh, the Uber car service is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. but I mean to be quite honest I it's I, the service is cheap enough for me where I it, you know any any time I have an opportunity not to drive I'm 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 a happy person uh huh okay. The one moment I wish I could relive is. Oh, man, that's a tough one. The one moment relive is, you know what? Probably the first time I ever, the first commercial I ever did was a country kitchen commercial. If you remember them, it was kind of like Perkins, uh, kind of like a breakfast, like a breakfast chain. And that was the first one of the first commercials I did in like 1989 or 1990. And it would be really fun to relive that moment of getting that call saying they want you to do the country kitchen commercial because there was nothing that just, it felt great. It was the, it was, it was like that first step to kind of pursuing that dream. 
Okay. Very good. One person from my past who I wish I was still friends with is... Wow, that would have to be a guy that I went that I grew that grew up in my neighborhood and that we went to kind of junior high and early high school with. A guy by the name of Ken Zilka. We did everything together as kids, but we moved out of the city and went to different schools and kind of fell off out of the map there. But you know, with uh, social media now, like Twitter and Facebook, I've been able to kind of you know reunite with a lot of like buddies from high school, and, and I'm hoping he pops up on there somewhere. Oh yeah. His name is Ken. Ken Zilka, Z-Y-L-K-A. I haven't been able to find him online, but, uh, you know, he lived in my neighborhood. I mean, we had this baseball field that we, you know, we'd we'd play. This is back when kids actually went to the park to play baseball. (laughs) I know. Seems pretty (laughs) far-fetched these days, but, um, yeah, we just did everything together for about, you know, a good part of a decade. And that would be, it's just one of those kind of, nostalgic childhood things where you kind of want to find an old buddy of yours kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Not too bad. There aren't junior high school reunions. Huh? Yeah, I know. I know it's <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a, it's amazing, but with, you know, with Facebook, it's been amazing of just reconnecting with, uh, with people that you went to high school. As a matter of fact, my wife and I, if it wasn't for Facebook, we wouldn't be married because we went, we went to the same high school together and we weren't really good friends, but we had mutual friends. But we kind of got to know each other a little bit on Facebook just because of the uh, the Anoka connection. Anoka is the town where I went to high school in and uh, and got to know each other and went out a couple times. And the rest is history there. So thank Facebook for that. Oh, nice. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, um, oh, I can't even. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I, I know. I can, Zuckerberg. I, I can always fight. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have to send him a card. I'm sure he'd. I'm sure he really wants to hear from me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're one of his four billion closest friends. Okay. Here's a tough one for you, Terry. If I could no longer be a voice actor, I would be. I would either be a uh, social media marketing manager or like one of those kind of jobs or, you know, this isn't really voice acting. So I think this would count. I would probably go for one of those PA announcer gigs at like a stadium for sports events. Oh, really? Like NFL? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd want to do like baseball, major league. Okay. Yeah. Because that's that's the sport I know uh, the most about is Major League Baseball, and it would probably have to be something like that. If I lost my voice entirely altogether, I suppose I could edit people's projects, or you know, directing. I could direct commercials. You know, obviously that that would be a little more difficult if my voice was completely gone. But um, I guess that would be another thing that I'd throw in there. I, I could certainly direct uh, television commercials. I have a huge interest in something like that. Okay. Interesting. Okay. One thing I know today that I wish I'd known 10 years ago before I was a full-time voice actor, Terry, is... Well, I wish I would have kind of jumped on the whole internet craze a little earlier than I did because Mm -hmm. there weren't that many people doing voiceover online when the internet first came out. And... You know, just even all these domain names, you know, I could have gobbled up when the Internet came around. So I I wish I would have been a little more uh, on top of it when that happened. I mean, it's you can't look back now and and things have gone well since. But uh, that would have been something that would have been really nice. Right. Yeah. 
Kind of like buying Apple stock early right, on. Right, huh? right, exactly. Same kind of uh, similar kind of thing for sure. Yeah. My children would be surprised to know that I... That, I'm, that I am their father. You don't have kids. I don't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one would throw you for a loop a little bit. But. <laughs> well, you know, I thought, well, maybe before I ask this question, I should find out if Terry has any kids. But I can't do that because we're recording live now. So. Well, I feel bad because it, uh, it it's a good question. And then I, I kind of threw you a curveball there and... No, no, no. It'd be interesting to hear what other people's responses would be to that question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, this might be a dumb question for you. Is this podcast like live right now? It it is not. Okay. I I didn't think it was. Yeah. (laughs) That'd leave us in a pretty pretty pickle if it were, but it's not. Well, I I did I, you know I did on air radio and you can't take that back you know oh, yeah, if you say something right. goofy or something oh, happens man. I mean it's not like you can go back and edit it out you know you know yeah that's the beauty of podcasting now is none of your listeners are going to realize that I've been using profanity no I'm kidding <laughs> yeah what is that like by the way on being on air and not being able to take anything back you ever do you ever say something and you just get so nervous you just got to pee but you can't get you can't oh, leave the mic oh yeah you... i've i've said a lot of stupid stuff on the air especially early yeah. on in my radio career there would be several mispronunciations you know yeah. sentences weren't phrased the right way i would i would try to give out factual information that was completely backwards you know i was just oh. a young naive radio announcer that really was just trying to get his feet wet and get some experience. And yeah, I made a lot of, made a lot of mistakes on air. I, I was kind of, you know, until I really got into the hang of, uh, of doing it, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, I was really a crappy radio announcer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, you got to start somewhere. You can't be, you know, you can't, can't start at the top. Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was good experience for, yeah. for sure. Okay. So, now, this other question is also children related, but it 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 is not you you are not excluded from this question. And once you hear it, you'll know why. Okay, here we go. If three thousand years into the future, one of your descendants discovered a thirty-second segment of this interview, which part would you want it to be? Well, I would have to say Indiana Jones because <laughs> because. <laughs> I, you know, everybody in my family, as well as my closest friends, know what a huge, huge Indiana Jones nerd I am. Or I guess, you know, we didn't really talk about Star Wars, but uh, yeah, I'd have to say the Indiana Jones segment. And then maybe that uh, lacks a little bit of depth, but that would be just something goofy that would stick out. Have you ever met uh, Harrison Ford or Steven Spielberg? I've not met. uh, I've not met either one of them. No. I've met a few people, a few actors in uh, L.A., but uh, they unfortunately it wasn't Harrison Ford, and yeah, uh, and it was not Steven Spielberg. Yeah, well, there's still time. That's the good. Yes, thing. there's still time, and you never know. Maybe I, maybe I will be the new Indiana Jones. Ah, you know, hey, I, I, I can fit know. the mold. I've uh, buffed up a little bit. I'm 47, and well, you're you're the perfect age for a sequel. There you go. Who are we kidding? I'm never leaving the studio again. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks, uh, Terry. That was a great free association game. You did very well. I like that game. I might have to steal that idea from you sometime. 
That's a game you can't lose, right? No, you always it's get like, kind of. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. That's uh, yeah. that's a good. Uh, it's a good idea. Now, um, before we go, talk to us a little bit about your coaching, your uh, coaching voiceover coaching service. Mm-hmm. Well, what I do there is I'll take a few selected number of new talents every month, new talents that understand the process and understand that it takes a lot of hard work to have a fair shot in this industry. Um, And I'll work with them kind of like a mentorship. We'll work on different scripts, both commercial and narration. We'll work on some marketing stuff. You know, it's, it's basically, we do a bunch of stuff. I'll, I'll train them how to use recording software um, how to use social media to get voiceover clients. It's a, it's a very candid uh, program. They're, they're, it's not a smoke-blowing program. There's no promises of success. It's a very down-to-earth, one-on-one mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, not I think, I, I know that's what people really appreciate about me is that I'm not one of these you know, hey, you've got the voice of God. You're going to make a million dollars in this business and it's only going to take you three weeks. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not like that at all. It's a mentorship program. So we'll go as long as it takes. You know, there's no timeline or no yeah. deadline. It's not like one of these giant, massive demo mills out there where they throw somebody into a three hour class on a Saturday and then the following morning they're in a studio recording a demo. It's nothing close to that as a matter of fact it's just that's i mean to be quite frank that's really not the right way to do it it takes a lot of time to really get your reads down it takes a lot of time to find out what your niche is and and develop your voice and to uh you know before you're even ready to do a demo so that's kind of what i do it's it's uh, it's something that i do alongside of my regular voiceover business and again you know how much i I love the variety this kind of helps keep everything fresh how do most how do your students find you? Most of them find me online uh, either through like Facebook or Twitter or they'll they'll do a voiceover training or a voiceover coaching search on Google and and I tend to pop up within the first couple of pages which is nice and they'll send me an email I get referred to by a lot of people which is very nice I always appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So it's really the combination of of uh, all those things. Okay. And now how can people find out more about your coaching program? Well, they could send me an email, terry at universalvoicetalent.com. They can also write me through my website, which is universalvoicetalent.com. They can friend me on Facebook. They can follow me on Twitter. Um, Just look for, you can just look Terry Daniel Voice and my profile should come up on Facebook. But my Twitter handle is at voiceoversbytd. T as in toast, D as in David. And I think we all know what you're doing with the Universal Voice Talent domain. Universal is the studio that released Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, and that's part of it. But the other side of the truth is I'm hoping Universal Studios uh, will make me a $900,000 offer to buy up my domain. Could happen. (laughs) Hey, do you want Universal Voice Talent? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's yours for $900,000. Okay, tell us about a project you're working on right now that is the most exciting to you. Um, the, the one project I'm working on right now is, well, I just completed it. And the only thing I can tell you about it is it's an animated character. 
Okay. And, and it's one of those projects where they don't want you to talk about it. So I can't like give you any really. Yeah, you signed you know, a non-disclosure. Yeah, right? exactly. But I can tell you what it is. A feature film. The, re- the reason it's exciting is because I don't really do a ton of character work. Okay. You know, like I said earlier, you know, my niche is commercial narration and theme mm-hmm. park announcements. But mm-hmm. I got this through an audition, which was Again, felt great because I'm sure there were a lot of people that were probably more qualified than I was to to audition for this animated character for you know some type of uh, project, and uh, that was really exciting to me because it really it got the creative juices moving again, and it was a really fun project. Can you tell us if you were able to use your home studio for the project? I was indeed. I did. I, I okay. recorded all of the characters' lines from the comfort of my own home right here in Minneapolis. Okay. Probably with a phone patch, obviously. Uh, actually, no. They just sent me some direction and the oh. script and said, you know what, just yeah. do, just give us a little variety on each take and we'll, okay. we'll go from there. And then I did, I also did uh, one set of revisions for them because they said you were really, really close and but can you just do a couple different variations to these certain lines? So uh, it wasn't a complete redo of the whole script, but I did have to uh, do a revision on a, about half of the lines that they gave me, and then they were very pleased. All right, that's great. Can you tell us when you will be able to talk more about this project? I hope so. Probably in the next four to six months. Okay. Uh, All where right. Hopefully, there will be some some better news on that. And so people can probably check your website in about four four or six months and maybe get some more info, right? Yep, they can do that. And if they don't see anything about this animated thing, that means this company completely ran out of money. (laughs) 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 But you never know. I mean, it's so fun. It's Uh, funny because you, when we voice stuff and even though we get paid for it, sometimes it it, it doesn't mean it's going to get used. Yeah. You know, but to, to be quite honest with you, I could care less. I, you know, yeah, I'm in it for the the fun, but I'm also into this business for the money. And whether the commercial airs or if they use the e-learning project, it just doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us today, Terry. It's been very informative. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's fun to kind of be on the other side of an interview because uh, we do a voiceover podcast called Voiceover Cafe. I've listened to voiceover cafe. Oh yeah. Thank you. And it's kind of fun to kind of be on the other side of an interview. So I appreciate uh, you giving me that opportunity. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. And you don't have to do anything. No editing. No, no, no. I just like to, I just like to just chatter away, man. That's uh, this works for me. Okay. Now uh, tell us how can people follow your work? Uh, they can, again, if they want to friend me on Facebook or Twitter, that's a good way to follow it. Uh, they can also, do you mind if I give them the, the, the website address for the VoiceOver Cafe? Not at all. Uh, we do a podcast. It's voiceovercafe.org. Uh, we've got, I can't remember, I think we got about 20 episodes on there right now. Um, and we also have different uh, voice actors on there and like talent agents. And we just, we just do, it's, we just BS all things VoiceOver. So check that out. But, you know, you can go to my website, too, universalvoicetalent.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter. No, I'm a pretty easy guy to get in contact with. Okay. And uh, when does your uh, when do episodes of your podcast come out? Uh, we haven't done a new one for a couple of months. We kind of took a little hiatus from it. But we're going to be recording a new one coming up in a couple of weeks. So uh, stand by. But, you know, there's a lot of really good content 
on there already. It's not a regular like, hey, let's get together every Friday. It's a, it's a cast of about you know five or six people, and we have we have to coordinate everybody's schedule, and it's going to be very very oh, yeah. challenging. Oh, so yeah. we kind of record it whenever we can, kind of thing. There's really right. uh, I wish it was a little more consistent. Uh, maybe in the future it will be, but uh, check out the episodes that are that are on there, and uh, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy them. Okay, great. Terry, can you play us out with something? Uh, sure. What would you like? <laughs> Well, do you have your baby grand right there? And <laughs> I wish, man. I, I, you know, I if if I had a guitar here, I, I would throw down a little Johnny Cash for you. But <laughs> no, uh, w- what we're looking for is uh, an exhibition of your voice talent, something that is uh, sugar for the ear of our listeners. Oh, sure. Well, I can do. You know, how about if I do my uh, one of my theme park announcements? Okay, this is a theme park announcement, and get, set it up for us. Tell us a little bit about the theme park. Um, I kind of did it earlier, but I did a really crappy and kind of a, a, a my version was too mellow. But I'll, I'll give you one of my roller coaster reads once again. Roll. This is a roller coaster. Uh, roller coasters by Terry. Yep, and this is the roll. If you're on like a roller coaster and the roller coaster starts to slow down, and here's like here's an example of something that I would record. Here we go. Please keep your hands and feet inside the car until the car comes to a complete stop. When exiting the roller coaster, please step carefully to your left. Thank you for visiting Blah 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 Amusement Park.